1522, a cannonball was fired from a cannon which changed the course of European and world history and church history. For this cannonball struck a young captain named Inigo Loyola, who was helping to defend a fortress. And once he was struck, his soldiers began to waver and the battle was lost. And this Inigo Loyola survived, but he had to recuperate with his family. And he was very much in love with uh, reading books about knights going on quests or romantic uh, stories of knights winning over uh, a noble lady. And this Inigo was in love with a certain lady, so he liked to uh, romanticize about this while he was stuck in bed. And he asked his sister-in-law for a book on some of these stories, some of his favorite stories. But they could not find anything. So all she brought was uh, the lives of the saints and the life of Christ. Of course, being stuck in bed after uh, recuperating for months and months, you know, he opens up the, he cracks open the book with not much interest at first, but then he starts becoming very much in awe of these heroes of the church and of the story of Jesus. And he reads these stories and he realizes, uh, you know, he's enjoying them and he would dwell on them a little bit. But then back in bed, later throughout the day, he would think back of his other favorite stories of those nights on great adventures. And he'd kind of go back and forth. And he, his worldly stories he loved, he realized he uh, would get much pleasure from it. But as soon as he stopped uh, thinking or dwelling on them, he would kind of get depressed and sad. Uh, that pleasure just kind of went away. Whereas he realized when he was dwelling on the lives of the saints or the life of Jesus, he had not only pleasure throughout it, but a certain joy would carry through the rest of the day. The joy would keep going. And so he started realizing maybe this is what actually will bring me happiness. Maybe this is what I'm actually is more in accord with my life's purpose. And so once he recuperated, which he was always affected, he always had one leg shorter than the other because of the surgery that he underwent, uh, he could have gone back to his soldiering business uh, and his brother encouraged him much so to do so, but he went out and uh, on a pilgrimage and gave up his sword at a shrine of Our Lady out in the hills near Bar Barcelona. And he left a sword at the altar there. So if any soldiers are on the verge of conversion, you know, don't leave your gun here uh, on one of our altars. But uh, the Lord was using Inigo, and this is Saint Ignatius of Loyola, one of the greatest saints of our church. 
And he went out to live in a cave for a year and went, underwent severe spiritual disciplines uh, and penance for his past, but then also to uh, just get to know the Lord even more. And it was said that he said uh, later in life that he learned more in that year than any other schooling he ever went through um, of the wisdom of God, that God revealed so much to him in that time of severe uh, asceticism and prayer that uh, nothing could ever shake him of that zeal he would have for the kingdom of heaven. So he eventually, you know, founds the, the Jesuits, a great religious order that at that time raised up many saints, many martyrs, dozens and dozens for all their great missionary uh, expenditures. You know, Francis of Xavier going out to India and Japan and China, uh, many Jesuits going to the New World, North America and South America, uh, and even going back to those lands which uh, had become inhospitable to Catholicism, like England. And St. Ignatius strove to bring about the greater glory of God through all of this. He had that as their model. AMDG is the acronym, Ad Maiorium Dei Gloriam, to the greater glory of God. And he made it his goal to do everything every day, always for the glory of God. Nothing was not important enough that it should not be considered if it can be done for God. Even the most benign things, you know, if as long as it's not something evil, then it can be done for the greater glory of God. So whether it's eating or your work or even your sleep, you know, as long as you did it for the glory of God, you were doing what you ought to do. And so he always, uh, you know, wanted his Jesuits to kind of discern what is the greater glory of God in their kind of daily course of life. And that's what we hear in our first reading from St. Paul. Whatever, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. He strove to live that. And that's why, you know, in so many uh, Jesuit schools, a lot of students were taught to put AMDG at the top of their homework, to remind them even their homework is meant to be for the greater glory of God, that their study is meant for the greater good. And, you know, there's a story of uh, two Jesuit novices who entered the community still with the habit of smoking, so they're craving uh, their cigarette. And so they decide to ask uh, their superior, you know, whether they can smoke during prayers. So one of them does that. He asks, you know, his superior, can I, uh, while we're praying, can, can I smoke? And the superior says, of course not. But then later on, he sees his fellow novice brother uh, out smoking and he said, how come you got permission, but I didn't? And that novice said, well, I asked if while I'm smoking, I can pray. And the superior said, yes. 
So again, kind of, uh, you know, the joke there being, you know, anything, as long as you try to have that intention to be for the greater, greater glory of God, uh, it can be, you know, done well then. St. Ignatius was known for his great holiness and uh, miracles in his time. When in his early years of conversion, uh, his severe asceticism affected his health severely, so much so that at one point a family had to take him in and it seemed like they said he was on the point of death uh, because of him not taking care of his body. And they went to check in on him at night, again, and they were under the impression he's on the point of death, but they found him kneeling in prayer, levitating, so that he was not even kneeling on the floor any longer, he was uh, levitating. And they could hear him pray, he was praying out loud at this point, you know, oh God, if only everyone knew you, they would love you so much, no one would do anything to offend you. And he was just, uh, you could tell, very moved, he said. Another time he was, had to be with a family again because he was sick uh, in his early years, not taking care of himself. And the family wanted to have a, a light, a candle lit in the room for him at night in case you know, he woke up or they're going to check up on him. And he said, no, don't worry about it. God will provide a light if I need it. Uh, and they depart and thinking Ignatius went to bed, went to sleep, they start hearing uh, some murmuring and sighing. Uh, and so thinking that he's moaning in pain, they rush open the door and there is a brilliant light in the room uh, radiating from St. Ignatius. And it startled Ignatius so much, you know, he was kind of confused and he just said, don't tell anybody. Uh, but obviously the story still got passed down. And uh, there's other times during Mass, too, he was known for having the gift of tears, uh, just crying, uh, tears of, of joy and sorrow uh, there while being present with the Lord on Calvary again at the Mass. And one time uh, there was a priest in attendance at one of his Masses who saw a great fire over his head, you know, thinking that maybe his hair got on fire from the candle, I don't know, he, he, he rushed up and he noticed though, it was just a fire hovering above his head and that Ignatius of Loyola was in ecstasy uh, during the mass. St. Ignatius, he had all these gifts because he had a great love for the Lord, great zeal, his heart was on fire. And for him, the key for him to be on fire and for all his Jesuits was to experience God themselves, to experience Jesus in their life. And so they would have to do a 30-day silent retreat of his spiritual exercises, 30 days of complete silence, no talking, and just meditating for hours every day, meditating on the scriptures. He taught his Jesuits and anybody else who wanted to join in on those meditations to really enter in to those scenes in the gospel. Use all the senses of your imagination. 
not just your, your sight, but also feel, you know, what would it have been like to be walking on that hot ground in Israel? What would have it smelt like, especially near those lepers? What would have uh, felt like from the sun on your skin? And what would the gaze of Jesus look like looking upon you? You know, all these, he wanted them to incorporate all their senses and the imagination to really compose a scene, kind of like a, a movie set, compose the whole set, and then place yourself and go along with the story and see how you kind of fit in there as one of the characters. And in that way, you could experience kind of just like those apostles, because for him, the apostles went out to the ends of the earth because they knew Jesus, and they were willing to do anything because of their experience of Jesus. So for the same thing where he wanted his Jesuits to go anywhere in the world for the love of God, he wanted them to experience that presence of Jesus, just like those apostles did in the Gospels. And with that, he was able to share you know, so much with not only the people around him, but and the influence he left uh, through uh, his community. You know, personally for himself, he did a lot. He uh, did a lot of works of mercy, you know, raising up orphanages, uh, houses of refuge for uh, young women who were in danger on the street. Uh, he would set up catechism lessons in the hospitals and other schools. Uh, but then he wanted his brothers to be able to, you know, bring up whatever ideas they had in order to do something for the greater glory of God and building up the kingdom of heaven on earth. St. Ignatius is a great saint then for us to take on. He is a patron for us Marian fathers. That's why his image there on the shrine on the right side up there, along with our other patrons. And he is uh, a great intercessor for us as well, for the church, that we might always remain faithful to the Lord and help others to experience the Lord Jesus and to do everything always for the greater glory of God, for the salvation of all the human family. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton, of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. 
Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.